Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. We do it. That was graceful. It was, wasn't it? Style and grace. When Style we get some. And grace. Uh, I've got to take out a loan first. Welcome everyone to uh, the H2O podcast. My name is Jason Hunt. I'm Timothy Harvey. And we are drinking. How is how is your coffee, sir? It's coffee. It's a coffee. Does it's, it does it taste okay? It tastes alright. Uh, Mandy, how is yours? Is how's yours? Is yours alright? Very good, thank you. You know you have a microphone now. It's number three. You can actually say things. Now it's not good, is it? Are we hearing me? Yeah. I guess so. Yay. Yay. But you don't want it to be on all the time. Really? How is your coffee? It is good, thank you. That's good because this came out of a can. Not this can, but a can very much like this can. With a dent and everything? With a dent and everything. And on the bottom of this can. Uh-huh. See, this can was in a tote. Uh-huh. In the basement of the old bunker. Uh-huh. And this can came out of the craft services supplies from when I was making movies. Uh-huh. Now, the date on the bottom of this can. Mindy, I think we've been poisoned. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure of it, but if I haven't killed myself with my own cooking, I'm not worried at this point. Best before March 15th, 2007. Mindy, we've been poisoned. It's vintage like you guys. It's It's been sealed. I've just now today cracked it open, and when I went to, when I went to open the can, it went... So there was still, I mean, it was still, everything was good. And you just said it tastes fine. If I don't make it to the end of this podcast, <laughs> I would like you all to know, you're all awful. This is why I sued out at 45. So, uh, anyway, welcome everyone. We are, uh, we are discussing San Diego Comic Con. For as long as it's still called... For as long as it's still called San Diego Comic-Con, but also for as long as, as people are actually going there, um, because apparently some some studios have decided not to go this year. Not going to make presentations. Not going to go to Hall H. The coveted Hall H. What does it cost now? To go to the coveted Hall H, and I'm not just talking about about well people going because I mean it's not a, it's not a cheap convention to go to. No, no, no. And there are not. and we've talked about this here with with our own conventions here in Kansas City. And there comes a and you, we've, you've seen it at, at New York Comic Con. Yeah. With this, where you reach this point where there's so many people there that you can't enjoy it because well, there's just too many. You're you're. And, and New York Comic Con, New York Comic Con has split into two. Right. 
because there were so many people complaining about New York Comic Con being Hollywood Con and not Comic Con Mm -hmm. that they split the comic books and the publishing stuff out and gave it its own thing. And I'm thinking, well, why don't you split the Hollywood stuff out and that becomes a new thing and you keep New York Comic Con comic book focused, which is what it started to be. Yeah, but, you know, in looking at... Because we've been talking a lot about Starlog over the last couple of months, and looking in in the history of Fangoria, uh, of course, which is was published by the Starlog Group back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, and is back where Starlog is not uh, yet. Fingers crossed. Uh, but the the we've been seeing this sort of thing happen really since the '70s. For all the fact that a lot of people have certainly have justified reasons to complain about the Hollywoodization, the, the studioization, right. the, the, over, the fact that, that there's been so much of a shift to, with the explosion of pop culture especially, and the fact that this has become, you know, genre things have become such a huge part of the fan experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but this has actually been going on for a long time. In the 1970s, for and this, there really were comic book conventions. They were actually earlier than the seventies, but you start to see this stuff shift in the seventies and early eighties, where you would get your first Doctor Who conventions, and you would get these, uh, you know, you get stuff that was focused on Star Trek or Star Wars or or various aspects of fandom that were not comic book based. Right, but those were conventions that started. Sure. With a focus on, but Star what Trek happened and is that these like things all kind of rolled things. into each other because these things are bloody expensive to do. Yes, and so what you would do, what you saw were that companies that were owning these conventions uh, would basically buy up other conventions right. because now, some, now we've only got what four or five different ones that are that are uh, that are out there. You've got yeah. Creation, mm-hmm. you have Wizard World, right, which. Wizard World has had its financial difficulties, and there are some people that are still thinking that it may not be around very much longer. You got Read Pop. Well, the convention outlasted their magazine. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, Fangoria. Uh, well, Fangoria has their name attached to an event that's coming up this weekend, uh, about an hour north of here, called Crypticon. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not actively participating in it. Um, but it's one of these Fangoria presents, so that's right. how it's been for a while. Mm-hmm. But the other... Uh, and they used other, to be allied with Creation. Right. Uh, well, uh, yeah, because uh, Starlog and Creation right. did some early conventions back in the... And there were the, the uh, uh, Fangoria Weekend of Horrors and, and various things. There, there have been various types of conventions uh, that have been focused on, on various aspects of the genre world. But the comic book convention has been... has there's It's... It's big and huge now, and we notice it, I think, in large part because we have so many, so many giant genre things have come to dominate the media. Yeah. And so certainly there's, uh, if the Avengers are taking up all the air in the room, <laughs> it's hard to be an indie comic creator at, at New York Comic Con yeah. and get people to notice you when Robert Downey Jr. has walked down the hallway. Right. And interestingly enough, you know, for when we did um, the Hugos, when the Hugos were in Kansas City, three, four years, four or five years now, something like that? Four, three years? Yeah, three years. Three years. Three years. Um, 
we were talking about how how you know it's it's a literary convention, right? So it's and certainly there were folks there who were you know uh, uh, media people, but it was such a different tone. Yeah. It was such a different pace, and it was kind of like these were the conventions because when I was going to conventions in the eighties, it hadn't exploded so big. And this, this is admittedly this was Wichita, Kansas, so it's a much much smaller market, right? Sure. But at the same time, it was kind of like this weird, almost nostalgic feeling of being able to walk around the room and chat with people at the booths oh, and yeah. look at the well, displays. And... Uh, Smallville Comic Con mm-hmm. is that way still because it's it's small enough that you can walk around and you can right. you can talk to the celebrities. I mean, we we just walked right up to the tables and say, "Hey, you want to do an interview?" Right. And we were able to do that. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna go adjust a camera because this camera looks really dark and I think it's because I didn't adjust it after last night's show. So should you we can talk? you can vamp? I can vamp. Should I should I talk about our sponsor? Sure. Yeah. So we this show like several of our shows on Sci-Fi for Me is sponsored by SuperheroStuff.com, and they provide a vast array of genre stuff, cool things. Pick your fandom. They've got something for you. And it's a, it's a, a wonderful collection of things that is, if you, you know, if you like owning cool things for your, you know, your Star Wars, your Star Trek, uh, Doctor Who, you know, the, the Avengers, all Marvel, DC, all the different properties, Superhero Stuff has that for you. And uh, we're able to offer a 10% discount. If you, when you check out, you can put in Sci-Fi for Me 10 and you can save 10% off your total purchase. And that generally applies to most sale items as well. I think there's some exceptions. Yeah. But overall, it's a, it's a deal that you can apply to pretty much anything you want to buy from them. Because I know right now they're doing a 20% off sale on certain items, but there's a particular code. So yeah. that would not be something you could use in combination with ours. Which is not, you know, most places do that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, uh, check it out. Uh, we're very, very happy to have them as a sponsor of the show. But they also provide a really cool range of neat things. If you like things, things and stuff. Yes. We're fans. And and see that looks much better. Oh, yes. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, what happens is okay. So, in the course of producing all of the different shows, mm-hmm. we move around lights, we move around cameras, and whenever I do chill on a pineapple on Sunday night, mm-hmm. I have to adjust the I have to adjust the brightness on the camera right. one way because the. the there's a there's a light there's a little lit up neon pineapple that shines directly into the camera so I got to dial it down and I forgot to I forgot he to dial it back. He likes the mood lighting in here for pineapple. Hey hey hey, it's not mood lighting, but it's late and you know it's night and I've got mood some lighting. lights off. Late night Sunday so, mood lighting. So San Diego Comic Con. What was the other thing that I was going to say? Because we were talking about superhero stuff. And there was something else that I was going to say, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, 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 oh. We were talking about sponsorships, the Super Chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, any any of you that watch this show live, if you are watching live now, uh, um, or if you watch uh, future episodes live, uh, we are monetized, at least for now, until Google decides they don't like me anymore. And uh, that means that in the live chat, you can leave comments, you can join the discussion, you can share your thoughts, but you can also share your your dimes with the super chat. So that's that's an available option if you choose to exercise that. Right. You're you're more than welcome. We will uh, we will 
We'll like you Absolutely. no matter what you do. Yes. Yeah, and it's certainly not an obligation. So we're not going to cut you off if you don't give us money. <clears throat> this is an... This is a nice internet you have here. It'd be a shame if something were to happen to it. Well, see, and that's that's something that bugs me. Whenever uh, you're on, you know, Facebook or Twitter, and somebody leaves a link to a to an article in, say, the Wall Street Journal or New York Times, and it's behind a paywall. Yeah. And you can only read the first couple of paragraphs, and it's like, oh, we noticed that you're not subscribed. If you want to read the rest of this article, give us money. We don't do paywalls. And we're not going to do paywalls. No politics. No pop-up ads. No paywalls. No clickbait. Now, in fairness for companies like the New York Times and several other... For I think Forbes is still available. I think I remember Forbes has got a paywall or not. But anyway, a lot of these places have paywalls for one very simple reason. Um, and that is the newspaper industry is not a profitable one True. anymore. Right. And the infrastructure for some, especially some of the older magazines, the older, well, older magazines, older older newspapers, um, you know, they have very large investigative reporter staffs. Those <laughs> people cost money. Yes. Now, unfortunately, what we saw, where we saw the magazine world, magazines like Starlog and Fangoria, uh, and many, many other ones contract into non-existence. Um, again, Wizard, Wizard Magazine, mm-hmm. used to be a thing, um, and it was you know these their ad revenues couldn't keep up their costs anymore. They simply couldn't do it anymore. And the internet, the internet that the internet exploded in a way that nobody was expecting it to in the print world, whether it's newspapers or magazines or books to some degree. Although, <clears throat> as someone who is in the book world, when the internet did explode, and the the paranoid fear terror. Of, uh, you know, we're all going to be out of business because Amazon's destroyed us all. Yes. Um, did not come to pass. Although it's certain, the book world certainly contracted. Barnes & Noble is about the only big superstore left. Uh, and even they have changed quite a bit from the, yeah. from the glory days of the 90s and, and, and early And for those 2000s. of you who are wondering, I was, just, I was just listening to the audio feed just to make sure that the popcorn crunching wasn't coming out over a microphone. Is your microphone still on? Okay. All right. I'm just checking because I saw the LEDs when she was when she was showing her popcorn. I saw the LEDs popping. I was like, <laughs> oh, "Wait, what?" I'm not going to need a sensor. I'm just saying. I just asking a question. I got a text from my dad. Uh huh. Asking me if we're going to call animal control on the coyote. <sighs> because oh. next time, this time is Papa Smurf. Next time it could be Alfie. Well, see now, he, uh, he, now, I've I have had a couple of other people. We've had, we've had some comments because we posted some photographs of the coyote on 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 social media, mm-hmm. and we've had a couple of people saying that little dogs, little animals, can be sure. prey for the coyotes. Now, and, and you know, the cats have been around in and out for. A long while. And Where I used to gone. live up in Sacramento before my parents left there was the foothills, and that happened to animals disappearing and sure. stuff. But at the same time, oh if that coat... Yes, 
my mic is on. Thank I see. You. I didn't see you reach over to. If it's it. my own mic, I'm not going to have a problem. I'm checking. If I'm it's your just... guys's mic, I'm going to mute you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You see, you see what I'm going to have to put up with uh-huh. for the rest of my I life. I know. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to do my best. Don't worry. But anyway, look at the previous meal. We still haven't gotten <laughs> to our topic yet. <laughs> look at the previous meals. But we digress. That the coyote had a chance with, Scooby and Cha-Cha. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, that would have fed him and anybody else for like two winters. Yes. Therefore, I'm not worried. I'm more worried, like I said, about the stray hawks that go by. Well, and we're going to keep an eye on it, and we'll see what happens. Sure, but, of course. Just yeah, it was, it was funny because I was looking out. I was looking out the backyard, and I saw this, uh, this little clumps of white, and I thought, oh, we've got mushrooms. Mm. So I figured, because we've got a little, I've got a, you know, we've got a little Lego First Order Stormtrooper minifigure. Right, yeah. And I thought, oh, I'll be clever. We'll go out, and we'll, we'll take a couple of pictures of the minifigure under the mushrooms and right, you know, yeah. do the, the, the alien planet type of thing for mm-hmm. Instagram. And as I get out there, I realize those aren't mushrooms. That's, wait, those are, those are white tufts of, what is that? Is that, what, is that fur? Is that rabbit fur? Did he kill a rabbit? And then I, I saw little clumps and bundles. What is this? And I get to the uh, there's a there's a there's a depression in the ground, mm-hmm. and there's the main body of the whatever it is that he's gone after. Thinking, what is this? And I look, and it's not a rabbit. And I'm, it's not a rabbit. What kind of animal is this? And, and we definitely know it's it. not a roadrunner. It's not a well, roadrunner. That won't happen. And I, I realize this. Wait, this is a stuffed animal. <laughs> and and I'm looking around and there's one piece it's a it's a foot and on the bottom of it it says Macy's Thanksgiving Parade 2010 <laughs> and I go what is this and I pull over it's a Papa Smurf it was a stuffed Papa Smurf that is no longer <laughs> stuffed <laughs> and this Papa Smurf has been out in the wild for a while. Well, and he asked, should we clean it up? And I'm just like, if, because from what we hear, there was a coyote that had a pup, and this one looks fairly young, and I'm just like, if this is his toy, we should leave it out there like any other dog. I yeah. Mm-hmm. Mimi Cat says, no wonder he attacked him, because he was probably super perfect. Exactly. All right. All right, so San Diego Comic-Con is uh, happening this is it July? We're in July. We're in July. It's happening in July. It's like next week. Yeah. Here are some of those who are not going to be making any presentations at Comic-Con this year. Sony Pictures. Mm-hmm. They were the latest ones to announce. Uh, Warner Brothers DC Movies. Mm-hmm. Which we got some indication of this earlier. Now, th- these are not just announced. We've known about this for a while. Right, right. And this is why Patty Jenkins put out the poster of Wonder Woman in the gold armor. Mm-hmm. It was right after Warner Brothers said, we're not doing a presentation of Hall H. Right. And she has since expressed regret 
that they pushed the release date back on this movie because right. now they're not going to be at San Diego. There's no marketing push. I mean, people are looking forward to the movie. They're going to go see the movie. That's, right. that's a but gift. San Diego but has... San Diego is a big thing. Right. On the other hand, um, the way that the DC has had to restructure their plans, yeah. that would be, what, the only film they'd be promoting there. Well, you've got in, Aquaman any, 2 in development. You've got Joker. In, you've got in, yeah, in development, and Joker Birds is... Birds of Prey. You've got, the, you've got the director of Joker saying, do not think of this as a comic book movie. Yeah. And while... Um, Did you I, see the rumor that they're thinking about doing a Lex Luthor movie, too, in the same style? I don't have a problem with that because at various points there's been Lex Luthor comics where it's been yeah. told from the POV of Luthor and the story of an of a unethical businessman. Um, well, we've said, we've had it in fiction before, and sometimes yeah. it can be really entertaining. And if they do it right, so I mean, certainly I would wait and see what the Joker film because I mean, as much as much as I think the the previews, the little informations we've we've gotten, the previews we got have looked fantastic. I'm looking forward to that film. I'm also not thinking. I'm also thinking. You know, they're making it very very clear it's not set in whatever universe they have going forward until the multiverse happens. Yes, and they all cross over have, in the film seen, event of the uh, yeah whatever. Have you seen Spider Man yet? Yes. Far from home. Yes. Okay. I have not, so I know that there's. A I shan't spoil. I shan't spoil it yes, for you then. Shan't. Although I do recommend the film. I find it. I find it to be very entertaining. I do think that um, there are some interesting decisions made in dealing with the post Avengers uh, Endgame reality. Well, that. Um, <laughs> But still, I was entertained. Uh, also, skipping San Diego Universal Pictures. Yeah, what has Universal got to promote at you? Um, well, they've got Hobbs and Shaw and the next Fast and Furious movie. Uh huh. Um, Although Hobbs and Shaw is essentially a comic book movie, a seriously big comic book movie. Yeah, it is. With no human characters on the screen. <laughs> Well, Although Idris Elba playing, and he's talked about this, he gets to he gets a chance to play Black Evil Superman. Yeah, and he's like, "This is great, you know. This is how often do you get the chance to do this?" Well, and and it now makes me wonder if you go through the others in retrospect, are they comic book movies? Are they? some form of superhero movie. Aug well, the, the and, Fast and the Furious Israel. films are fantasy films. Yeah. They are, because, I mean, the laws of physics need not apply. <laughs> and uh, gravity, folks, gravity always wins unless you've got a really powerful set of computers to animate your, your yeah. CGI. Right. And they do. So, uh, besides any film, any, any film series that you can come back in and watch these, this group of actors, who, some of them are very, very talented actors play characters who are um let's let's say shallow let's let's say <laughs> let's say somewhat without depth well you're not going you're not going to see the fast and furious movies for the people in no it. you're going for you're the going spectacle. for the spectacle yeah, yeah. And nothing wrong with that heart. nothing wrong with that um i just i just love the fact that the spin-off series is like full <laughs> <laughs> super soldiers let's just dive right in why not <laughs> well um 
It's not. There's not a. There's not an opportunity for it to be part of any shared universe crossing over with anything else, is there? Not to the I best mean, of my knowledge. So. Although, who's got Transformers? Is that? Is it Universal? No, that's Paramount. Oh, that was Paramount, Paramount. I think. I think. Although, to be perfectly honest. Uh, it it makes about as much sense as anything to cross over the Fast and the Furious and Transformers. Well, because you've got Transformers, GI Joe, mm-hmm. Rom, Mask, all of which they swear are in development as movies. Yeah, they're at some point they've got to they've got to move forward with it or or tell, just let tell it us go. they're not. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, they've been talking about now, it for Universal, some time. Universal has the monster movies they're trying to do because we've got Invisible Man coming. Yes, but the dark universe, as that, originally envisioned, is gone. Yeah, but we do have Invisible Man in development. Mm-hmm. So if Universal was going to be at Hall H doing a presentation, they could have some stuff. Yeah, but I mean, I think that, I think unfortunately what we've what we've run into, um, or fortunately, depending on your point of view, is we're in that weird place where there is, by in large part, a coincidence. You know, DC decided to change how they were doing things. Yeah. Endgame is over. The Avengers, you know, that phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is done. It's Although st- Marvel is going to be at San Diego. They well, are going to be doing presentations there. Because Marvel, Marvel's got its own, you know, the, the Disney's got its own streaming service coming out. And yeah. so there's these, there's these opportunities. There's a lot of people who want to see if Marvel is going to do something with their... Of versions of their Netflix properties, and they're hoping for an announcement at San Diego. Probably not going to have one. Not That's have my one. prediction. Well, Kevin Feige will be there, and I imagine that he'll be talking a little bit about um, Phase Four, mm-hmm. which dropping I'm hints. To, I'm going to modify my prediction yes. from when we were doing a level eleventy-seven. I'm going to say Fantastic Four does not start Phase Four because mm-hmm. we're a Technically, Spider-Man Far From Home is the end of Phase 3. But it sets up Phase 4. And I'm going to... I'm going to I, I said that Fantastic Four would start Phase 4. I'm going to say now that Phase 4 is going to end with the Fantastic Four. Because that seems at old. the same time you're going to get them, you'll get X-Men. And in phase mm. five, because we were talking about it last night, uh, one of one of the people in the live chat was asking about where where we saw the next Thanos level event, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's going to be in phase four. I think it's going to at least be phase five, because you have to bring the Fantastic Four in so you can bring Galactus in, because Galactus is the next Thanos Galactus level event done properly. Yeah, yeah. So that that way you can mm-hmm. have. That you have the buildup right. through phase four into phase five, mm-hmm. and as the Fantastic Four comes back, and and that's how you do it. You do their origin story in the sixties, but they come back because there's this looming threat of this right. And you can actually, I mean, terrible. And <clears throat> it's not been confirmed that they are coming back during the sixties. That is the current leading theory, one that we have championed from the beginning of this thought of that them being coming back to the to the MCU. Yeah. Uh the my current thought, this is what I think should happen. Again, we'll see how close it is. 
comes back in the 1960s. We have several films set in, say, the 1960s, take it to the 70s, you know, the emergence of Hank Pym mm-hmm. as a character in, 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 introduced toward the end of the, the period piece Fantastic Four films. Then the Fantastic Four go off to explore the universe. They've done this several times in the comics. They have a reason to leave the planet. They see that there's a new generation of heroes that are coming, and they're like, it's safe for us to go. And then they they basically do the same thing with Captain Marvel. They did with Captain Marvel, which is they come back for the threat. Yeah. And that would be Galactus. That would be Galactus. And I think you could do it and, and not blatantly contradict the continuity you've already established. Yeah. Um, it says here, this is from IndieWire, the official schedule for San Diego now lists a Marvel Studios event scheduled for Saturday, July 20th in Hall H. Uh, description reads, quote, what do you, no, I didn't, I did not hit a button. And it decided I was done with that article. Marvel Studios president and producer Kevin Feige and surprise panelists hmm. provide an inside look at the ever-expanding Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I would imagine during that presentation, we're going to get some detail on Phase 4. Mm-hmm. Some of those surprise panelists will probably be new characters, new actors, because we've got Shang-Chi in development. Mm-hmm. We have... Uh, Doctor Strange 2, we've Eternals. got the Eternals, we've got Black Panther 2, mm-hmm. so there's a number of opportunities there for brand new casting announcements, oh, yeah. um, and then whatever whatever titles that they're going to confirm or deny, mm-hmm. um, and it, it could very well be too that Phase 4 the presentation in Hall H could also include the TV shows. Yeah, I, I think that there it, there are a lot of fans who would like to see certainly shows like The Punisher and Jessica Jones come back. Yeah, Daredevil. Um, well, it had a rocky couple of the last couple of seasons have been a little rocky. It ended pretty well. I thought so. Unfortunately, um, but did you, did you realize who was playing his mother? No. Joanna Wally. From oh, yeah, Willow. Yeah, yeah. From yeah, yeah. Willow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, wait, I know that name. I know that name. I looked her up. Yeah. I was like, oh, crap. I know that name. She was in Willow. <laughs> and she's Daredevil's mother. Well, and I, uh, the same the She same was a thing. Joanna Watley Kilmer at the time. Yes, she, in was, Willow. she was. She was Val Kilmer. But uh, at the same time, then over on Jessica Jones, Cat's uh, uh, mom. Yeah. Is Rebecca DeMornay. Yeah. I, saw, I saw the name of the name of the credit. I was like, Rebecca DeMornay's in this. What? And I had to look it up because I didn't recognize her. Yeah. And I thought, that can't be Rebecca DeMornay. But it is. I'm, have have I gotten have I gotten that old already? Yes, yes we did. So what I I tell you what, what I would here's what I would love to see Marvel do. I would love to see Marvel lean into heroes for hire. I think it would work. I think, and then you build it around, you. Uh, okay, as much as I want to see a, a well-done Iron Fist the thing. Pr- the problem push is... Away, push away Iron Fist for now. The problem is that the power of Iron Fist is now with Colleen Wing. Well, he doesn't have it. That's where you can sit there and just push Danny Rand over here for a while. He can come in season two. Um, 
maybe recast. Yeah, but if you're doing Heroes for Hire, you've got to do Danny Rand and, and Luke Cage. Not necessarily. You can do you could do because uh, if you're doing Colleen Wing, you bring you got to you do Daughters of the Dragon. You you could do that, and you probably should. But here's what I'm saying for what Marvel needs to do with what they've got and yeah. brings you Heroes for Hire is Luke Cage, Colleen Wing, and Jessica Jones. That's Heroes for Hire. Because again, as much as you want to follow the comics, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Marvel TV Universe have stepped away from those quite a bit. And yeah. those, honestly, because unfortunately the Punisher doesn't fit into this particular dynamic. Mm, yeah, not at all. But of the shows that survived, I'd say, because I'd like to see Daredevil come back too, but I think Daredevil needs to work pretty much on its own. And I think Punisher needs to work on its own. But if you put Jessica Jones, she's at, her character is at a place right now that having Luke Cage and Colleen Wing to bounce off of would be good for the writing of the character. Luke Cage, unfortunately, for all the fact that, you know, two-thirds of season one was really solid, there was another third in there that was just didn't move the story forward enough. Yeah. It was just too too much uh, wheel spinning for and a wasting of a really fantastic cast in a lot of cases. Well, at the, th at the same time though, I mean, if you're if you're going to have Colleen Wing in there, then what about um, detective what's her name? With the arm. Oh no, you've done it to me now. Um, got him. Got me too. Oh no. And she's such a great character. She is. Uh, she's got she's got a new series though. Mm. So she won't be available for a while. Yeah, oh, that's true. Geez. You could bring her. You could bring her in season two. Yeah, you could. Um, uh, oh God, I'm just starting a complete I'm, blank. I'm looking it up. I'm gonna look it up. Um, are you? Well, you've got to go, right? In ten minutes. Okay. I'm looking. I'm looking. So I mean, I think the thing is, is that I, for now, especially with with Disney having their own streaming service, and this is one of the reasons. Misty Knight. Misty Knight. Thank you. Because yeah, Misty Knight's a great character. Um, and honestly, if 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 it was the world that I wanted. It'd be Colleen Wing and Misty Knight. That's, you know, they have their show. Well, that's Daughters of the Dragon. Exactly. But I would, I, I don't think, I don't think with a streaming service, if you're going to roll these folks over there, you're going to do it with multiple shows with each of these characters off the bat. I think you probably want to have as much, and, and get as close to getting Defenders right when you didn't get it right the first time. I thought it was fine. It was well, unfortunately that's the problem. It was fine. <laughs> it wasn't great, and I and you, fine yeah. is there's nothing wrong with fine. There's a lot of perfectly fine television. I'm watching The Rook, stars the Rook series, and it's fine. Yeah, it's a terrible adaptation of the novel. It loses all the fun, and it's but it's a decent spy thriller with superpowers. Right, but eh. it's just not the book. Oh God, it's 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 terrible adaptation. I mean, but I'm entertained by a perfectly fine British sprite. The Br British spy thrillers are well spry, done. Spry, spry thrillers. thrillers, yes. It's a spry thriller. It's very spry. Very spry. Not as spry as he was when he was younger, but he, he can still I heard move that around. joke 30 years ago. Um, but I mean, so I think that you can, you know, I, I would rather... I would rather see them take characters like Jessica Jones and keep going because they cast that perfectly. Yeah, Luke Cage was cast perfectly. And that was perfectly. a surprise too. Kristen Ritter as oh, Jessica yeah. Jones. Everybody went what? Because she's been doing comedies. She's yeah. been doing sitcoms. And she was. And and the, the the curious thing about that show versus the other shows is how much it was a psychological study. Oh yeah. And how much they actually dealt with somebody who, um, 
in many ways is a very Marvel can do this well when they do it well. Flawed, broken characters on a rede- on a on a slow motion redemption arc can be really gripping television, and it turned out to be. Yeah, well, and and that's over all always, the seasons, that's always been the difference between Marvel and DC because the types of characters that were your centerpieces with Marvel, they're more humans with powers, mm-hmm. whereas with DC, they're powered humans you know the the powers right yeah are the, are are the, the arc the archetype right? versus yeah. the yeah the dc was big on archetypes but then again you saw they certainly under the vertigo line they they would often flip that yeah. um and have it be very very human stories set in extraordinary circumstances but the stories themselves are very human yeah. i uh i saw something the other day talking about vertigo um there is a sentiment that's out on the web mm. that a lot of these comic book companies, and this is this is not having to do with San Diego, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it. It could be a future a future discussion. Sure, but a lot of these, especially the smaller press mm-hmm. companies, Ahoy Comics, Humanoids, um, Oni Press, and Lion Forge merging. All of these, the marketing of their books is done in a way that emphasizes, hey, this could be the next movie franchise. Yeah. And there are complaints because people are sitting there saying, okay, don't make a comic book to make a movie. Make a comic book to make a comic book. Tell a good story in the comic book. Mm -hmm. This is not, this should not be. A stepping stone. You shouldn't treat this as a stepping stone to the movies. And I think it parallels a lot of the complaints about what San Diego has become. Mm -hmm. A lot of these bigger comic cons where it starts as a comic book convention and it's about the comic books and it's about the characters of the comic books and the writers and the artists and maybe the editors and the publishers. And now suddenly, hey, here's Hollywood. And well, unfortunately, there's there's a an economic imbalance here. Between, however, even at comic books height, yeah. the most uh, the points where they were, you know, hundreds of thousands of every, you know, t- comic books as far as the eyes can see. And then the nineties, but anyway, uh, you know, but the, well, I'd I'd say we're we're right back where we were in the nineties. Sure, and the the thing is, is that they for different reasons, but we're we're back there. Yeah, yeah, I would agree, but the 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 financial imbalance is you're always going to Avengers Endgame money you know, that sweet sweet Marvel movie money yes is always going to trump that sweet sweet Marvel comics money there's Marvel. a reason Marvel sold off their movie rights back in the day well and that's they sold off their movie rights back in the day so they could survive yeah they but the thing is that the thing is, is that they couldn't make money have you seen Have you seen the financial reports for IDW? Uh, aside from the fact that they're really bad, terrible. They they lost three point seven million dollars in the second quarter this year alone. Which is so. Which when you think about it, is really really sad because how many different franchises have they been able to actually well, get the rights to and and publish some pretty good comics? Yeah. Well, some and they've got their own with one owner Herb. Yeah. And thankfully, coming back, we we. 
finally got the news that production is about to begin on season four. It's not going to come back until se- summer of 2020. Yeah. But that got announced at San Diego last year, mm-hmm. 2018. And we're just now prior to San Diego 2019 getting the, getting the word that, oh, yes, we are actually moving forward because right. uh, there's a new international distributor coming in, Cineplex. Mm-hmm. Because apparently there was some issues with Netflix doing it. And then Sci-Fi paid more than they were contractually obligated for for the licensing fee so they could have the show. Yeah. Because according to their statement, they said, we've always stood behind the show. Mm-hmm. We've, always, we've always been right here with this show. So you have... Which is so... Other Weird companies. to hear the sci-fi know, channel really? say season four and honestly season four on a sci on sci-fi and honestly I'm, I mean the fact that they you know I'm I'm perfectly on board with them saying we're going to stand by Winona Earp because it's a great yeah. show if you have not watched this show go find the previous I seasons it up. is so much catch up. fun but the thing is that you have all of these other companies that are stepping up and taking extraordinary steps in order to save this show when the company that owns the show. Yeah, can't do it. Yeah, which and is which is really sad. But at the same time, you know where where are they? Where are they losing this money? How are they? You know that's well. That's a that's a conversation that that you and I would probably need to have at some point, and we will not agree on the reasons why because we've talked about this a little bit before. This has to do with culture war stuff. This has to do with identity politics over story and that's one of the reasons why plus the fact that you're getting into let's make a comic book to make a movie as opposed to telling good stories with our comic books all right now those of you who are watching uh engineering uh, has has shifted hands here benny's got an errand to run so she's out of the studio and i i now have the power Uh-huh. I'm just going to stay. Pretty sure this right. is like your attempt to establish an alibi, but I am unto you. Uh-huh. Am I on? Am I? Is that the? No, that's not. This would be entertaining to watch. Is my, am I on? Oh, you just bumped my camera. Yeah. See, and I was on a roll, too. Talking or yes. trolling? Both. Um... <laughs> But something, hang on, where's the, where's the arrow? Oh, there. Hey, hey, oh, I got a pop-up. Here we go. What are you looking for? I'm looking for the opens and the closes. Out of there. What? <coughs> there we go. There, there they are. Okay. Now. You wearing yeah, coffee, Miss Mindy? No, my Dallas Cowboys blanket is now wearing coffee. We can wash those. Oh, what did I just do? What are you doing? I don't know. Folks, Jason is breaking the show. No, I'm not breaking the show. He I just is breaking can't see, the show. I just can't see the interface from this far. <laughs> um, it, m- 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 uh, miss? Could you, Mindy. Could you, Mindy. Could you, could you move oh, the microphone, wow. please? This does not bode well, Mindy. All right, so let me... Am I on... Let me see. Am I on the clothes? No, just... Where's the clothes? Where am I here? <laughs> folks, he doesn't know where he is anymore. These are the jokes, folks. <laughs> okay, stop. What are you 
I would I would like to have oh, in this true. window here. I'd like to be taller. The outro right here. A little bit no, thinner. Oh, no, you just hit the lock button. There we go. There you go. All right, the outro is on. The Better intro looking. is off. Is that right? You are correct. Okay. And then that's where's my where's my superhero stuff? There. 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 All right. Okay. All right. Now really, really. I'm good. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> there. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Thanks. <laughs> live, live television, folks. Yeah. Um, this is what happens when we only have one cup of coffee. And. Are you saying something now? No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm not saying anything at all. You, you, Mister. you. Be about your business. Go on. Thank you. Thank you for pushing pushing buttons. You don't need to push my buttons anymore tonight. <laughs> you just keep pushing those buttons, Mindy. You just keep pushing them. Am I going to come back and you're still going to be on? Most uh, likely. Do we accept that oh, challenge? Only because, only because you can't figure out how to turn, turn it off it from off. here. <laughs> Where's the off button? Uh... Well, but I, okay. Back, get back to the point. Um, yeah, but I, certainly, certainly, that that seems to be a factor in what's going on in the comic industry. But again, this is a company that has has had Star Trek, has had Transformers, has had Doctor has, Who, has had these big name franchises, which have proven audiences. And what are you know if you're but if you're going after, if you're attempting, if you're drump, dropping money into developing a film product and you're a comic book company, the business models are extremely different. Yeah. And here's a, here's a uh, reality check for anyone who is thinking about this in the comic industry. Um, the amount of money it takes to make a movie. Let's not, I'm not even talking about a superhero movie. Uh, a movie. Just in general. Is not cheap. There are uh, people we we've been involved in the independent world for t quite some time, yeah. and one of the things that people always run into you you meet and I know I did this okay I'm just as guilty as anybody else, um, and you've made a feature too. Yes, I have. I've made a feature. Um, you'll never see my feature. It's not good, but I made a bunch of really really good mistakes on that film. It was a great classroom that cost me a lot of money. Yeah. Not. Big money, but enough that I'm always... I don't even like to think about how much money I spent on making that film. Yeah. But the thing is, is that we meet... And we still do this. We meet a lot of young filmmakers who they look at the independent film world and the successful indie films. Your Blair Witches, your... Uh, you know, some... Steven Soderbergh's early stuff. You know, you look at some of the... You know, these, these, these filmmakers who got picked up. You know, they're... Uh, you know, their film that they spent 5000 El Mariachi, 5000 bucks, right? Yeah. Um, but the reality is is that there are thousands and thousands of, in, of independent films, independent features, made every year. The studios pick up this many. Yeah. Okay, the Blair Witches and the, and the El Mariachis are the extreme rarities. And their numbers are a lie. Because once you... Uh, huh, trust me... The studios spent a ton of money making El Mariachi and Blair Witch and those other films look good. Big look, you know, they processed that that 
footage. They did every, all the things in the world they could do to it so that it looked good blown up. Well, and the... And there's a marketing. The, the story with El Mariachi, as I understand it, is they had to completely redo it. Well, and they did. They basically we did with Desperado. Re- reassembled everything. Oh yeah, and redid all of the sound mix and redid. I mean, basically, the entire post production process was done over again. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. At uh, where where was that one? Was it Sony? Was he? Um, I can't remember. Uh, there, the the book uh, uh, Rodriguez's book is fascinating. Oh yeah. About yeah. the whole process in that. Um, but you look at these things, and, and so there's this illusion, and Hollywood sells you the illusion. They sell you the illusion of the indie film that makes big buck. Uh, but, you know, when you make a feature, you suddenly discover that you, if you're, and if you're going to pay your people, and there's certainly, there are tons of films out there that, that you make it with your friends and family and that sort of thing, right? What? Uh, we've, got, we've got more participation in the chat. Yeah, and? Sci-Fi Snob says, whose basement is stuck in the 70s? To which GJ Video replies, Wayne's World. <laughs> Where's Wayne's World? <laughs> shall, we, shall we do the doobity-doo? No? We're not worthy? We don't, we don't have a transition to go to over there. That's true. You know, set I that up have, for next time. I do have one over there. Yeah, I but do I don't, have one, I don't, but it we don't, hasn't, it we don't want five more minutes of you trying to figure it, it out from well, here. Well, no, I don't think I do it. Just, <laughs> anyway. See, it doesn't... There. There see? we go. There we go. <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway, um, I don't use it very often. I, I know it's, it's the first time I've ever seen it. <laughs> it's well, it's brand new. Well, I did use it on Good Morning Multiverse. Saturday, oh, okay. But that was the first time because I I finally figured out how to do it. Aha. So anyway, the 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 cost of this stuff, the the economics of this. If you're going to pay your people, pay your insurance. Wow. Um, folks, real uh, it, it costs a lot of money to insure a film, and depending on who you're cast, it could. Cost a lot. Yeah. Casting Robert Downey Jr. in Iron Man um, was a gigantic risk for the MCU. Uh, we think about him as being this huge, huge star, but there was a very strong argument that his career was over yeah. at that point. Right. And he had done it to himself. Uh, he'd spent time in prison. You know, he he all these different things that Robert Downey Jr. is like, and he got his life back together, and good for him, and certainly good for for fans of, of the comic books and for the MCU. But you know, I guarantee you that the insurance that they had to pay for Robert Downey Jr. being the star of that film um, was higher than the average insurance. Oh, lots sure. and lots of money. I'm sure. So if you're going to be a comic company, you're going to have to start spending this kind of money. It's coming from somewhere else. Right, and, or it's a loan and the financing. The oh. the concern that I have, and I've seen I've seen this expressed in other places. The concern that I have is that these comic book companies and these publishers are going to become so obsessively focused on the movie rights yeah. to this thing that they're trying to develop that they're not going to take the time to develop the thing. That they're trying to sell into the movie. Oh, I think I think it's I think it's a foregone conclusion. I think I think I think we're already seeing it. Yeah. You know, I think we see, and some of it can be an example of, um, I think DC has run into a certain amount of that, and not you know how the the odd thing is, of course, is that now there's this cry for the Snyder cut to end the trilogy of films in the same tone that a lot of people complained about, yeah. but at the same time. It was look. At least we got you know the consistency of of 
his vision, whether you agreed with it or not, he he was telling a particular tale over what should have been four films, but three films. Yeah. And so people are at least they want to see the end of that story because they didn't get it. I'm well, which I think and, is interesting. And I'm wondering if a lot of the the release the Snyder Cut hashtag group. I'm wondering how much of that is fueled by Snyder and his, I don't want to say agents, but pe- people that are in his camp. Oh, well, I'm because sure, I'm sure he, there's some of it. Because every now and again, he, he'll release something, he'll throw something out oh, there on the thing. I'm sure there's some of it. About but it. we've also seen a lot of the fan, the, the release of Snyder Cut fans who have actually been donating a lot of money to uh, uh, mental health right. group, suicide prevention stuff. So certainly, however, whatever the origins of it, it's doing some good, which I think is an interesting, also an interesting side effect. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, of course, part of that comes out of the fact that Snyder's daughter, you know, uh, took her own life. So, you know, you you run into these things where, you know, the origins may be a little, you know, might have been, might have been, big emphasis here, might yeah. have been self-serving, um, or certainly... Um, Self-serving might be a little harsh, but but at the same time, the, the end result is some good has come out of it. Yeah, and, and the, uh, we've seen some of that too with the Comicsgate crowd, you know, where the the movement began as complaints and concerns about the comics industry as a whole, but the, the there are groups within that movement that have organized charity events and fundraisers, mm. and you know, here we're gonna. This Indiegogo, we're going to raise this money on this variant cover, and all of this money goes to to cancer research, sure. and they, you know these kind of things. So they're doing some good in there as well. And some of that is to spite the people that are telling them they're evil, and it's like, well, okay, we're going to give all of this money to cancer research. What are you doing? And, and so like that. But I think with San Diego. And the whole, you know, Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood mm-hmm. over comics. I wonder, because we've seen comments and we've seen people saying, San Diego is not what it used to be. Sure. I'm not going this year. We're not going to do this thing. There's a couple of things. Now, the, um, here, they got an uh, article on Slash Film. San Diego Comic Con will be in San Diego at least through 2024. Okay. They've made a new deal with uh, with the city. Um but who's going to be there? Because Disney does D23. Right. Warner Brothers could very well decide that they're going to go do their own thing. Please don't. Or you've got this, you've got the realization that I think some of them are having that we don't need to go to a comic book convention. We don't need to go to one of these comic cons. Sure. All we have to do is put the trailer on YouTube Mm -hmm. and like that, we have a million views and everybody knows about our new project. Everybody Mm -hmm. knows about our new movie. So yeah, the panels are great because you get the interaction with the fans of the Q and a, but they're not necessary to market the film. Well, and if you think the way they used to be, if you think about it, the, Again, we're looking at something that has happened in a very short period of time. We tend to forget how not long ago Iron Man 1 was. Yeah. And prior to that, you were looking at the Dark Knight films were out. Spider-Man. But you had this giant gap 
in between the tail, you know, the the nineties, the end of the nineties, mm -hmm. uh, where the superhero film was basically done. Yeah. And then you got your Spider Mans and your Dark Knights, but the thing, this giant explosion that we got with the Marvel Universe, just is a relatively recent thing. And prior to that, this is where you went to market your film to that audience. It wasn't a worldwide audience. It was, you're going to market it to the fans of the comics because they're the ones who are going to make this film a success or they're not. Right. And now it's, throw it up on YouTube, and the, the audience goes, hi there, we're the entire planet. Let's go see your movie. And it's a completely different environment. Yeah. Uh, so how long has that maintained, though? Because we've seen this before with the Western, with, you know, the detective movie. The, I mean, there's all this stuff goes through, it goes through waves. We have gone past the point that Kendall Sen predicted oh, yeah. the bubble was going to burst. I think, now depending on how phase four goes. Mm-hmm. Because we're already seeing a shift in DC's approach to the films. Right. Because of the disappointment, let's say. When I got, I, I'm not going to say failure because they made sure. money. Mm -hmm. But they didn't make money the way they were expected to make money. So there's a Very disappointment true. there in the box office. So DC's already re-strategizing a mm -hmm. little bit. And some of that has to do with the fact that Kevin Sujihara is out. Right. Uh, uh, what's her name? Sarno as Anne Sarno is in now in, in charge of, of some of that. So you've got the restructuring in the corporate. Mm -hmm. You've got the restructuring in uh, Warner Media now mm -hmm. that AT&T is involved and all of that. So right. all of this stuff is going on. Um, and at the same time, Marvel is this juggernaut backed by Disney, mm -hmm. which owns way too much at this point and doesn't look like they're going to stop. I, we, we've got the antitrust investigation getting started on Google. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that in the next five years or so-ish, mm -hmm. somebody is going to snap Disney's chain back and say, that's too far. You've you've done too much. You have too much. Could be. You can't do it. Because buying Fox... I know, I didn't think the Fox deal would go through. Wow. I didn't think that they would be able to, to finish that. They're too big. I think I think there was an argument made for, for the, that being a very real possibility that it didn't happen. I think if Kendall... Kendall would have been right... If we had basically just got the Sony superhero movies. Yeah. Because the X-Men films, you had, what, two and a half good X-Men films? Out of if how that. many movies? If that. Uh, and, of course, they went out, their last hurrah, the last film they had... Was a fizzle. ...arrived with much whimper, no bang. Yeah. And, you know, the, well, I take that back. The New Mutants film is the last film they have. If it gets released. If it gets released. And the, the really, the, here's it's the really been, sad what, thing. Is, they shot it, what, two years ago? It's been it, sitting on the shelf Well, for it's long? been reshoots. Reshoots over reshoots. The, the sad thing is, is that it was, I was actually fairly excited about that movie. Because, A, as a fan of the New Mutants comic book, back when it was new, where it did have a lot of more 
horror aspects in mm-hmm. built into the into the DNA of the comic. Um, the fact that they were leading into this as a as a uh, horror infused mutant movie, I was just like, really, tell me more. Yeah. At least you're trying something interesting. Yeah. Sci-fi snob here says that Phase Four will help kill the MCU. If I'm going to conditionally maybe agree, but I'm going to put stipulations on that. Mm-hmm. Phase four will kill the MCU if they decide that they're going to do what their comic books are doing in emphasizing the identity politics over story. Marvel mm-hmm. Comics is shooting itself in the head with some of this. Now, we, see, we on... saw it a little bit, not as much as I expected it, but we saw it a little bit in Captain Marvel. But if Captain Marvel becomes the face of the next phase of, of the Marvel Cinematic mm. Universe, it will not, They those movies will not perform as well because now we're going for the diversity crowd. You know, Black Panther 2, Shang-Chi, Captain Marvel... If okay. they if they focus on based that. on the dollar amounts that that Black Panther made, now, I'm, I'm going, not, I'm going not after it won't be successful. Making a making a Black Panther two is not going after the diversity crowd. It's no, going no, after no, the fact no, that people no, showed no. up and saw the no, no, movie. No. I'm not saying I'm not saying that it's a bad <laughs> idea to make that movie. What I'm saying it's a bad idea to market those films strictly on diversity. Well, I which don't... is what they did with Captain Marvel, and it and it backfired on them. Well, because you had a backlash. It didn't. The backlash. It was the, a bad movie, but the issue. The marketing was. It's all about her. It's about. It's about the girl. It's about the woman. It's about the female. It's well, about con, that. well, considering it was Marvel's first female-led superhero film, this is how it works. But that's not how Wonder Woman was marketed. Because Wonder Wonder Woman, Woman is a uh, is a female superhero, same as Wonder Captain Marvel Woman is. is an established character in American consciousness. Captain Marvel is not. This is, but this the principle is, is the same. How do you market? No, it's you, not. Yeah, because you got principle female, is not remotely the same. Female superhero lead character. But they're not the same thing because Wonder Woman is already part of the consciousness. You, the that 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 marketing thing is already there. All you have to do is sit there and say, we got it right in this movie but and they sell could it. Have, but they could but have Marvel, done the feminist politics stuff on Wonder Woman because she was the icon of the feminist movement in the 70s. But the problem Gloria with... Gloria Steinem, yeah, Wonder Woman oh, for president, and, and all that mess. Well, and, to, and, to be certain, and to be perfectly honest, um, it was a very successful model for Wonder Woman and a, and for a lot of people who were who were excited about the feminism of the seventies to have that as a representation, sure. But if you're going to set the film in World War One, the fact that she is the your your icon of feminism by default is that this is an independent woman who's not going to let men tell her that she can't go to the battlefield. That's a huge, big feminist thing right there. That's sure. a powerful storytelling. But it wasn't marketed that because way. Because it doesn't have to be. Because we know who... Order, Captain who, Marvel didn't have to be either. No, it didn't have to be. It but had, it, but if you if had marketed, Marvel, if if you'd Marvel, marketed Captain Marvel as, a, as the next superhero movie, if Marvel it would have done had, perfectly fine. If Marvel had done their Black Widow film first like they should have, well, and that. followed with Captain Marvel... You would have certainly, I think, because of the 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 fact that Captain Marvel in the comics is built as this really strong, 
powerful, very, very emotional uh, uh, character, strong character. You know, depends on who's writing her. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's all the comics actually. Yeah. But I think that I think that when she's written really well, she's a character who you could certainly play that up in the marketing of the film. Her her strength of character, her her uh, dry, you know, her her sense of right and wrong, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that. And and certainly the military aspect of the character, the the military history of the character can be can be played well when it's again when it's played in the comics, yeah. it's played well. Sci-Fi Snob has a very good question. Why why do you think they didn't go with Black Widow first? I mean, she's been in the the cinematic <sighs> universe for all these years. Because okay, so I think two, I think people two, have been clamoring for it. Two things were happening there. One, I think. Okay, this is completely opinion. I, I don't have any insider knowledge. One. Um, Marvel was just as guilty as DC was for a long time in playing and in, in leaning into that whole stupid garbage about Supergirl broke the superhero movie. Catwoman. Catwoman. Well, Catwoman murdered the superhero movie. <laughs> Supergirl broke it. But you were literally hearing studio heads going, oh, remember Supergirl? It's like, it was 20 years ago. What are you yeah. talking about? Anyway, we, there was that's, that was a thing that was really happening. This is not like... I mean, this was a, a real thing. People were still talking about it. That hurt Black Widow. Yeah. And by the time, and so when Wonder Woman came out, there were this huge number of people who were saying, and we saw we saw this all the time. And we talked about it. If this doesn't work, if this doesn't work, that's the end of the idea for another generation of the super of the female superhero led yeah. movie. And which is it was stupid then. It, it was stupid when we were talking about it, and we we talked about the fact that this is dumb. Um, but it wasn't. It was an it was a very strong film. Uh, it was one of it's certainly the I think probably DC's strongest film they've released. Um, I think out of the out of the current cinematic out of the current universe, cinematic I would agree with you. And I think and it, it's a good movie. That's that's yeah. that's the key right there. Fantastic casting. The fantastic. third act, the last twenty minutes or so, kind of. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's not the, it's not the best, but if you look at the film as a whole, it's, as a, whole, a, it's yeah. a very solid superhero film, and it's yeah. great. It's a great audience introduction to the modern Wonder Woman film, right? Yeah. But Marvel was waiting. They were waiting to see what was going to happen. They're like, oh, oh, if this blows, we're we're you know. So when it when it does succeed. They are so far into this phase of the Marvel universe. There's no room. Yeah. So you you can either you can either have plus adding Spider-Man back into it. Right. So you can that, that threw off that threw off the schedule for what? Five different films? Yeah. Well, and then you look at this. You look at if you're going to start a franchise with, you know, Scarlett Johansson and you're going to have to it's her film. Your your price tag for her, goes up. Yeah. And not only that, but, and this is, <sighs> Scarlett Johansson, like everybody else in the entire thing, but Scarlett Johansson is a woman, so this, ma this matters in Hollywood, is not getting younger. Every, every film that comes out two or three well, years apart, Scarlett Johansson is two or three years older. That's true. And, you and do have, this you is how they think about this stuff. Well, and I would submit that for superhero films, at a certain point, all of your actors, that sure. becomes a concern. Because the stunt work, the physicality oh, yeah. of it, you've got injuries on set, you've got mm -hmm. people getting older, knees give out. I could tell you stories about how, but how many out, how but. many films how many films 
where, okay, Tony Stark is in how many movies? Okay. Yeah. But Tony Stark is a guy in a suit. He's, he's a close up of Robert Downey Jr.'s face with CGI stuff over it. Right. And it's a CGI Iron Man. There's only so much CGI you can do of Scarlett Johansson doing these really great stunts. Certainly, stunts she does, stunts her stunt team does. And then there's the CGI stuff. At a certain point, and I'm pretty sure that Scarlett Johansson is going to be in better shape than, than a good chunk of humanity for quite some time now. But this is how they think, right? You know, and the well, old the older an actor gets doing their own stunts or doing things like that, the insurance goes up. There's all these money factors that play also out. also consider that with actresses of an age. Ugh. Uh huh. Wait. Wait. I know. Wait. No. 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 I know. I know. I know. Some of them want to have families. Sure. They get pregnant. They go sure. have kids, mm -hmm. and that alters the trajectory of their careers. They can, yeah. And it changes the kind of decisions that they make, what kind of projects they choose. Right. I, I, I have a six-month-old. Mm -hmm. I want to stay close to home. Right. I've got to pick a TV project over a movie in Budapest. I'm going right. to stay home. But I think that, I think that certainly, um, you know, she... This is a decision they should have reached earlier. They should not have waited on DC. They, had, they should have trusted their own chances they had already taken. And sat there and went, we're just going to do it. Because it would have been hugely successful. And honestly, it would have paved the way for a Captain Marvel film in a way that would have been, I think, ultimately better for the success of Captain Marvel. It did fine. Yeah. It, 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 did, it, it made the money it needed to make. I think, but I think that it would have been, maybe the folks involved with Captain Marvel wouldn't have felt they didn't need to try so hard. Well, also, uh, and and uh, Snob, yeah, the rumor you heard was true. I believe it was Ike Perlmutter over at Marvel who was the, the one who kept saying, you know, Supergirl didn't do good, Captain, Catwoman did good, yeah. do good. But um, there's there's a couple, of, a couple of aspects of this. One, by the time you get to Guardians of the Galaxy, Marvel has established their credibility as a studio. Sure. Feige has established that he kind of knows what he's doing with making these things. Sure. However, at that point, and through all of Phase 1 and into Phase 2, Feige was still answering to the creative committee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. By the time you get to the point where Feige sits there and says, I'm only going to deal with Alan Horn from now on. Mm -hmm. I'm done with all of the rest of you guys. Then Wonder Woman's already in the pipeline. There is no plan. There is no spot. Like right. you're saying, there's no space for, yeah. for Black Widow in the plan. Even though Feige is sitting there saying, yes, we want to make a Black Widow movie. Scarlett Johansson wants to make a Black Widow movie. But now where do you put the Black Widow movie right. and what kind of story do you tell? So all of this stuff has to be developed. At the same time, Feige's having conversations with Sony. Mm -hmm. You know, Amy Pascal comes over and says, help, save us. So that has to be factored in now. Right. So, and there's a lot of moving parts on this. But I still think, and I will go to my grave thinking this, that Captain Marvel was marketed wrong above anything else. It was it was a bad it was a bad story. It was a bad film. I don't think it was a bad but film. It was a mediocre Mar Marvel movie and it was marketed in such a way to cause controversy 
because of the feminist agenda argument, whether whether it's in there or not, and it's not in there as much as I expected it to be based on the marketing. I looked at this marketing and I thought, oh, this is going to be one of these I well, am and, woman hear me and, roar and some movies. Of, and, some of the mar- and some of the marketing, I think, was a little was reported on a little bit interestingly because um, when when Bree was talking about um, you know wanting more women involved in the in the in, in interviewing, right? That was actually a reasonable request when you consider the breakdown of this stuff. Now, it's a, it's a how reasonable it was request. marketed, it was a reasonable request, and she did not present it well, right? But the, but she but, but, came off, but what she really was really but what she that. was basically asking for was not unreasonable. I, I would agree with that, I and so I, and I think it. I think I, there was a lot of blow up on that. That was I think was an exaggeration. So yes, I did she phrase thing wrong? I think the but, blow up was more a reaction to how she said what she said. Which um, again, I think that we need. We, I don't need some forty year old white dude telling me. I mean, we, right there, she makes it about race, and, and well, gender okay, and, okay, but or 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 it's or if you look at the breakdown of how these press junkets go. Well, yeah, that's but, the majority of these people. Now, but I'm, I'm not, I don't want. I, I'm not looking to relitigate the whole thing, but what I'm looking at is um, how that was reported. Also added to it, just right. True. And I that's think that, true. and I think that we tend to. She is hardly the first person on a press junket to say something that the studio really wished they hadn't no, said, I know. I and that's not. That's not the worst thing. What she said was nowhere near the worst stuff that has rolled out. No, that's true. That's uh, true. And I'm so, not, you know, and I'm not, know, and I'm not saying but, that, that but it was no, a I don't, disaster. I don't, I don't think it was. I don't think it was. Uh, it, it's not the way I would have marketed it. But I also am a comic book reader, and so I've read Captain Marvel comics, and so I'd sit there. Yeah, you know, I would have. I would have marketed it differently too. But then again, I also would have done the DC universe differently. Sure. And I would have uh, done uh, um, at least three Spider-Man films differently, yeah. and I would have definitely done Venom differently. I would have made a Venom movie. Oh wait, um, <laughs> you mean you mean the Tom Hardy movie wasn't it made money? Venom? It made it, money, and people loved it. And it's it a crap. It, <clears throat> it's yeah. a it's not a good film. That's that's a bad superhero adaptation, yeah. uh, right there. But it's Sony. What do you expect? And that's and that's the and sad that's, thing. That's what that's what would have killed if Marvel. Oh yeah. Hey, hey. If Marvel so, hadn't yeah. pulled it off. Yeah. And of course, remember how there were how many people were saying that Marvel's not going to be able to pull it off? Iron Man? Are you kidding me? Guardians of the Galaxy? Are you kidding me? But by the time Guardians of the Galaxy came out, Marvel had earned a little bit of yeah. But trust. how many how many stories were talking about how Guardians of the Galaxy was going to break the Marvel model no. and how this 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 is going to be their misstep? This is where it all comes crashing down. Guardians of the Galaxy is going to root. It's gonna we're going to have to cancel Christmas. <laughs> it's over, man. Game over. And how, how much? How much do you think? Getting with because Marvel Marvel's going to be doing Phase Four at at San Diego. The the lawsuit with Salt Lake. How much do you think maybe that's factoring in, or do you? It might I not doubt be. It. I, I, I think for the I think, studios to come in and say, you know, maybe San Diego's not the thing it used to be. I just think be. we've hit a trough. I think we had a trough where there's just we're in that weird place where DC made the decision to yeah. readjust. We're we're in between phases of Marvel. Right. The 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 TV shows are off the air. The the, the TV shows that are were coming out. Um, I'm not sure there's a whole lot of excitement yet about the Scarlet I Witch. I think we'll get a first. Vision show. I think we'll get a first look at Loki. 
I'd yeah, I mean that'd be that'd be fun. I'm 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 optimistic about some of these TV shows. And we'll get some game stuff. And and Warner Brothers will be there with their uh, CW mm-hmm. uh, shows, the Arrowverse and all that, because we'll get a first look at Batwoman probably. Right. Which the marketing on that has not been. Oh, and Done the thing the thing well. is is that the Jeez. the reaction the reaction across the board whatever your, whatever your feelings on on uh, uh, well pretty much everywhere where from from left to right the marketing there were the number of the number of articles I've seen from feminist authors going okay guys yeah well <laughs> the suit looks cool and we're we're excited about the great. casting I mean, she this, looks this looks great this looks the really good but oh are... boy. Dumber than a box of well, rocks. Well, not only that, the promos don't—they don't physically look good. No, I was—I yeah. was really surprised about. So it's it's intern editing. Yeah, and I think that Bad. okay, it's like okay, guys, you you I I understand you wanted to put this out in the world and get people excited about it, but give it another month and polish it or something because there's so much potential with this show because the character is a really cool character when 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 written well the character is really cool, but if don't don't blow it. They could very well blow it. They could, and that. But then again, because uh, because and again, we're going to get into the same the same thing. They're le- the marketing at least is leaning into the feminist identity politics. Well, and to some that's degree, a mistake. To some degree, you cannot avoid the feminist identity politics of the character. You cannot. You cannot divorce the fact. From you can't, some of it is written into who the character it. is. You can't ignore it, but you don't have to emphasize it. You that don't. Can't, you shouldn't. You shouldn't spend all well, of your time with that being the thing. Well, of course not. You should be telling a Batman. You should be telling a Batwoman story. And that's not what they're doing with the marketing. Well, and now we don't know what they're going to do with the show. We've seen exactly what. How much there's, marketing? There's four or five promos that are out there, yeah, right they're, now. And, they're and they're all, all dumb. And they're all edited poorly. Yeah, it's just I'm I'm really disappointed in the quality of the work. Leaving a, leaving aside what we actually, the actual words spoken by the characters in the trailer, I'm looking at the production value and going, I know that you're spending more money on the show than what I'm seeing here. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm I I personally want to see the show succeed because I like the character. And I don't want them to screw it up. Now they did some interesting things with their other CW characters that are. Supergirl's a train wreck. I've heard bad things about this season. I haven't seen any. Oh, it but is I will fine. also I will oh, also say that they have all the there were times when Green Arrow was a wreck. That's true. And Flash That's has true. been wildly uneven. There they are when they get those characters right. They get them really right. Mm. And when they don't, in the same season, they are not alone. By the way. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead has done that this season. They have four great episodes and one disaster of its most recent one. I mean, Supergirl. Stunning how much they can get things wrong. Supergirl has gone off the rails in a completely different way than the others, the other shows. Hmm. Um, Flash, you, you know, talk about it being uneven. They were trying things with a lot of different ideas. Um, for those of you who are listening on the podcast later, you hear the jingle, jingle. Junior office dog is in my lap for whatever reason, because because it's a lap. Um, Arrow again tried to do different things with Batman stories, yeah, right, and didn't quite get it right. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the problem with Arrow in the seasons that were bad mm-hmm. was a combination of. Let's do Batman stories 
and oh, here's Felicity still. Yeah, right. Because Felicity wasn't supposed to be a regular. Right. And that changed a lot oh, yeah, in that def- show. Definitely. Um, the Flash has been an even back and forth because all of the different things that they want to do. Oh, hey, let's do time travel. And let's do right. this. It's like, Barry, you broke it again. You know, <laughs> because the Flash has some really cool stories. Yeah. But you can't do them in an episode. Right. You have to take a season or two. Yeah, and and they, for, don't, they, they, they don't do that. They're ten, they, are still, they are still leading into the episodic format in a way that a lot yeah. of shows are not. Supergirl, however, has gone full politics this year. Preachy politics. I mean, mm. it, the writing... I, I got up just past uh, the crossover mm-hmm. that they did this year. And the the pol- the politics got so overwhelming in the writing mm-hmm. because they're doing the whole anti anti alien stuff, you know, as a metaphor for what's going on down at the border. And they were it's so over the top, and it's so here. Let me hit you over the head with a two by four with what we're trying to do with this story. Mm-hmm. Oh, clunky, 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 clunky. Which sounds unfortunate because the entire season has been in the comics. Terrible mess. In the comics, they've done that before. They've had they've had uh, uh, a number of times in the comics where where aliens have literally been the stand-in for refugees and and other things. In but subtext and metaphor is a lot different Mm -hmm. than propaganda and the way you approach that story. We're going to tell you what we think, we're going to tell you what you should think, and here it is with a baseball bat. And that's what they've been doing baseball, with Supergirl this Baseball year. bat writing is never... I don't care what your subject matter is, baseball bat writing is not... Literally, again, I just literally watched this yeah. in, in the Walking, the Fear of the Walking Dead episode. I just watched. It's, it was like everything is, and here's the point. Yeah. And here's the point. So, okay, yeah. stop. Yeah. I don't I don't re- been doing I don't require you to tell me the point. Right. I am I am I have a few functioning brain cells to rub together. So So hopefully the presentation for the Arrowverse at San Diego is going to be is going to give us something a little bit more solid that we can hang our hats on in terms of what Batwoman is doing. Plus at this I I hear at the season end of Arrow Cat McNamara's character is going to get a costume. Really? Yes. Interesting. Yes. Have you been following this? No. Okay, so Catherine McNamara, who is from the Kansas City area. Uh-huh, right, yeah. Um, and full disclosure, one of her very, very, very first films <laughs> is a short film that I made. Um, and you can see her. She's in the very, she's in the front row. It's a, it's a, there's a wedding scene, mm-hmm. and she's in the front. You can see right, her yeah. right there. There she is, all of 10 years old. Um... But uh, she has gone on to do uh, a lot of really cool things. She's worked at the Disney Channel. Right. Uh, yeah. She was the lead character. She was Clary on uh, Shadowhunters. Right. And she has now gone to um, Arrow mm-hmm. in the future storyline. Mm-hmm. There's two. There's two parallel storylines that are going on. One's happening now. Right. One's happening. I think five or ten years from now, or twenty years from now, or something. Something. And Cat is playing a character in that timeline and her persona and I can't even remember what her character's what her character's name is 
Um, and spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. She's got... I'm going to keep it vague. She does have some sort of a relationship with Oliver. Uh-huh. I'm not, I, I, won't, I won't spoil it for anybody who's actually still watching it. But um, she's going to get a, 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 costume, a costume, a superhero costume. I think it's going to be kind of cool because we know her. It's fun to watch people that we know on these shows and stuff. Wasn't, so. wasn't DC going to do a Stars and Stripes um, TV show? They're doing Stargirl. Right. So, but they're, I, don't, I don't remember in hearing anything about Stars and Stripes. Well, I think... I think the, the, uh, We've got Stars and Stripes. At one point, there was going to be a Booster Gold TV show. Well, I think, I think, be a I think Stargirl is essentially going to be... Because, um, I mean, Stars and Stripes is essentially the you know Stargirl and the robot. So I think that it's uh, Stargirl. It, it could, it could I think, I think they're going to roll something because I think, I think the, if you go into the extended universe of Stargirl, I'm really kind of hoping we're going to get a Jack Knight cameo from the Starman comic that that Robinson wrote. Possibly that was so well done, and that's that's a TV show DC Universe that you should make DC Universe. I I don't know, I don't know the DC Universe is going to last very much longer. Because we're hearing rumors. Well, the D, whatever, whatever that it's going to get folded. Whatever, into whatever DC, DC is doing. Whatever, whatever they plan to do, uh, the Jack Knight Starman thing, you could actually adapt a comic, an issue, an episode, and run for five years. <clears throat> I will accept a check, <laughs> along with the other check for all the other good ideas we've yeah. given you guys over the years. Speaking of checks and money, uh, we'll we'll mention here that you can save money. Uh, when you go to superherostuff.com, use the promo code sci-fi for me ten. You get ten percent off your order, and uh, that's that's good. Can be used in combination with sale prices and discounts and and other things. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in San Diego yeah. this year. Um, we'll see. I it's just you know it's one hopefully of those some things. fun news comes out of it. Hopefully, yeah, we'll see. All right, that's going to do it for us uh, this evening. Thanks very much for watching. If you're those of you who are are live, uh, those of you who are participating in the live chat, thanks for for yeah, jumping, thank you jumping guys. in and sharing your thoughts. And we will do this again next week. Don't forget, uh, we are now available on iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. Very excited about that. Do a search for the H two O podcast because. H2O podcast without the article in front gets you all sorts of other things that are not us. So the H2O podcast. So that's going to do it for us, folks. Thanks very much for watching. We will be back next week at 8 o'clock Monday. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Copyright 2019 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.